Hey, remember that time we thrashed on that creep bookworm underneath the pier? Those were the good old days. I got your letter right before I left. I can't believe that about Alexandria. Yeah, Bunny, but that's what happens when you take too many drugs. I know she's crazy, but a mental institution? What's going to happen to the band? Even though Alexandria was committed, I'm not going to let that stop us. Now that you're in town, I'm going to get the band together and we're going to rock L.A. Rock L.A.? The Love Dolls are going to rock the world. Fuck yeah. Um, Desperate Teenage Love Dolls, dude. When I was, when I was in high school, we, some friends and I, I feel like it was for like a, a school project, but I don't remember, like I don't know what project this could have, like what the assignment could have been because this, this project that we did, we like, we borrowed a camcorder, like a VHS tape camcorder. And we made a movie that was, you know, it was probably like five minutes long um, called Mission to Mars, where we like, we like pretended to be astronauts, right? And like, we were like, we all like won a contest that came in like a macaroni and cheese box um, that meant you got to go to Mars. And we all like, um, we didn't have like, astronaut outfits you know what I mean and we didn't have like special effects and we didn't have like editing software you know what I mean so it was just basically like a bunch of stupid teenagers like fucking uh just like talking like we were astronauts and then the like the like brilliant move like our like cool special effects shot was like we turned the video camera 90 degrees and then like drove a car up the driveway so Technically, the car was like, if you're looking at the TV, it was like pointed upwards on the TV, but it was just like very obviously a fucking, um, like car driving up the driveway sideways, right? It was like impossible to suspend disbelief, you know what I mean? Like it was very clearly. And then, um, we all like drove the car to Mars and then we got to Mars and this kid, Alex, um, Alex Spencer had a hat on. He had, like, you know the, like, slouchy, like, grunge, like, beanie thing that came back a couple years ago that was out for a while and then it was cool and it might not be cool anymore, but it's hard to know. Um, he had, like, one of those, just, like, a knit cap on, and that was supposed to signify that he was an alien, you know, um, like a, like a monster from Mars, but he just looked like a person who was talking weird. And basically, I think he said, like, I'm gonna eat you. Like, that was just the upshot. It was like, here you are at Mars, and there's, like, monster people here who kill you. And... This is, this is getting, like, that's, that's all relevant to Desperate Teenage Love Dolls. But as an aside, like, I feel like that, 
that story, right? Of like, we go someplace that we don't, that we aren't from, and then there's like horrible, like semi human people there is like, you know, that's like, that's colonial logic, right? That's like, so just like, of course, that's a story we had internalized and like that we like turned around and told as teenagers, right? That's like, one of the like guiding myths of our culture, right? That's one of the the, the things that like, you know what I mean? It's it just like that's like one of the stories that that uh, characterizes the the colonizer mindset that we talk about. You know what I mean? That like we get to go there, we get to do whatever we want, but it's dangerous there. And like a happy ending would be that we conquer that place, and a sad ending is that we all get killed by the monster, right? And like the story we chose to tell was the one where we all get killed by the monster, but. It's, Still, it like the point is not whether we get the happy ending or the sad ending, but ending. The story is the premise, right? And that premise is like, you know, it's something to think about. It's something that maybe we should chill the fuck out on. Um, so, all that aside, Desperate Teenage Love Dolls is basically that movie. If it was. Like, I want to say it was that movie we made in high school if it was awesome, but, like, honestly, Desperate Teenage Love Dolls is, like, it's, it's scrappy. It's not quite awesome. It doesn't quite transcend the fact that it's clearly made by a bunch of, like, fucked up teenagers from L.A. in, like, 1980 or whenever the fuck it came out um, who didn't know what they were doing. And, like, they're clearly enthusiastic, right? Like, their enthusiasm carries through, but it's not the kind of movie where, like, they're so enthusiastic with what they're doing that you believe it because there's a lot of like brattiness you know what I mean there's like both in the characters and I think in the perspective of the film it's kind of like this like early 80s like punker fuck you kind of thing because it definitely feels like a like early 80s punk project and it's it's a movie about teenage girls becoming rock stars right like that is one of the one of the things that we are are strongly for here at this podcast. You know what I mean? We like are interested in that. And like they look like teenagers. They look like they're fucking 16. Um it opens with this girl. So the two main girls are named Kitty and Bunny, which is nice. Um and I don't remember who is who or which is Kitty and which is Bunny, but um Kitty or Bunny like wants to start a band, but like the person she needs to be in her band. I'm not gonna remember this plot that clearly because the plot's not that clear, but also it's like, it wasn't like hard to follow. It was just like stupid, you know what I mean? Um, so the one person she needs to have in her band is in a psychiatric hospital. And so we cut to the psychiatric hospital where she's chained to a bed, um, but also she has an electric guitar in the bed with her that's like not plugged in like she doesn't like jam out on it but she has her guitar um and this like creepy like um you know like hospital doctor guy is like okay i'm gonna you're gonna have to be here for like six months or a year because your mom is mad at you or whatever it's like you know it's like satisfyingly simple like teenage perspectives on like parents are bad and authority sucks um so this doctor he fucking um he, like, unchains her from the bed, and she, like, immediate, immediately, like, fucking bonks him with the guitar, which is great. She, like, I mean, it's terrible, right? It's clearly, like, she's not, like, the, the doctor is clearly also a teenager, and um, she's, like, not trying to hurt her teenage friend in real life, you know? 
Um, but she conks him with the guitar, and then she's out, and then um, they, she, Kitty and Bunny, like, start a band, and I feel like Bunny's mom is probably played by the same guy who plays the doctor, but in this house dress, and at one point you see that, like, he's wearing jeans under his house dress, because that makes it, like, not gay, you know what I mean? Like, not in a, like, in the film way, but in a, like, a meta film way, like, boys wearing dresses for things to be funny, but, like, wearing their jeans rolled up underneath just feels like such a fucking cop-out to me. I hate it. Um, and I feel like they, like, they run away from their mom and maybe steal her car, and then, um, later on their mom, like, finds them, and so they kill her, like, this crew, like, Kitty and Bunny. They find a drummer, too. I forget how they find a drummer. Um, but they, um, I'm just checking my notes to see if I have anything about how they find their drummer. Um, <laughs> annoying mom drag stuff. A lot of boys in bad wigs. Um, I don't know what the fuck the plot is. I mean, they, like, so the two of them are together. The, the one girl is sprung from the psychiatric hospital, and they go, they're like, now we want to do drugs. And so they go, and, like, do trigger warning for this movie. Like, this is not... Uh, a not fucked up movie just FYI like drug stuff sexual assault stuff they fucking um, they're like we want to do some drugs and so they, they're walking on like the pier in Santa Monica it's an LA movie like back before LA was destroyed um, then this dude is like you want some drugs like what do you need you want some drugs and they're like yeah we totally want drugs and so this dude takes them to this girl who's like yeah I got everything what do you want and they're like heroin so they get heroin and then you fucking, they like buy the heroin from this girl and then you, there's this, like up to this point the movie has been like, you can tell that they have a bad attitude and they're trying to be bad people and it's like very much feels like early John Waters shit just like much more inept and like early John Waters shit is pretty inept, right? Um, maybe not actually, I don't remember it that clearly, but this, this did not feel super far from early John Waters shit, right? Um, so you get this, like, long shot where it's just the girl, like, shooting up. Like, you just see her, like, stick a needle into her arm and then inject something, which in the film is heroin. We can't know if she was shooting actual heroin or not. I mean, I guess we could find out if we Googled it. Um, but, like, you see her do drugs on, on screen, and then I guess, like, it doesn't seem like it was heroin because then she gets, like, super hyped up and she, like... They like run around and they cause chaos, um, and they make enemies with this other band um, called the She Devils somehow, and then they're like busking. They're like they there's this like folk music guy, and they're like, um, did you like? Do you, can, he's like he's busking with this like nylon string elect or acoustic guitar. And they're like, do you know, uh, do you know I'm the walrus? And he's like, yeah, man, I'm practically a beetle. Like, I, like, all but wrote I'm the walrus. And he starts playing it. And then they, like, beat the shit out of him, and they take his guitar, and then they go, and they're just singing. I forget what they're singing. But, like, it's just these two girls, and one of them's playing a guitar, and they're both, like, yell singing. And it's great. You're like, this isn't good film, but, like, this feels like being, like, this was being a teenager to me. You know what I mean? Me and, um... Actually, me and that kid, Alex Spencer, who played the alien in Mission to Mars, we had a music project called Big Fun, which was named after the band from Heathers that, like, everybody was super 
into the band that did Teenage Suicide, Don't Do It. I think that was Heather's, right? Um, me and Alex had a, a band called Big Fun where I would just like play chords on an acoustic guitar and then we would both kind of be singing but kind of just be like making noises and it was gibberish, not words. We were just like, you know, like, I don't know. It was like, it was like stupid teenage, like fun stuff that actually like is stupid, but also apparently people are not using the word stupid the way that I use it anymore. And I get that. I need to chill on that. Um, but like dumb, we don't like the, I don't like the word dumb, um, stupid. Like obviously we're not using lame. You know what I mean? It's hard to think of, that's not true. They're, they're obviously better words than fucking stupid. Um, like the thing about words like that is there's always a more accurate, better word if you're trying not to use the one that like there's a good reason not to use, right? Um, it was, maybe it's not a word, maybe it's a concept. I mean, we were doing that thing where we're teenagers and we're like, you know, reading like magazines about bands and it feels like the world that like you exist in as created by those magazines that you're reading, like those become the things that are important. And so playing music becomes important, but like you're a teenager and you're like, afraid of everything and unable to commit to like trying to do something because you might fail right so you do something that like you like aim low you do like a gibberish band where you like don't write songs that you could repeat you just like do gibberish where you're kind of yelling in the hallway sitting next to each other um that's my experience anyway um and the scene where they're busking I don't remember what they were playing, but they're totally like busking and it's like ridiculous and it feels like being a teenager to me. And then this dude goes behind, he's like, hey, I'm like a manager here in LA. Like, uh, I would totally love to sign you. And it's clearly just like another teenager, although he's this like beautiful, like skinny, like long hair teenage boy who like is wearing like bright blue, like spandex leggings. Um, so he becomes their manager and then he like, it's kind of a bummer. He totally, he sexually assaults one of the girls and then they like get him back by dosing him with like a ton of acid and there's this like super goofy lo-fi like what it's like to be on psychedelics without a special effects budget kind of um, scene where he's taken too much acid and some of it actually looks like um, I watched the last episode of Twin Peaks recently and they do these like special effects where they're like sort of against a black background there's faces and then there's like strobe lights that are out of sync and like the faces also are like close to each other but like not just the same shot like you're sort of superimposing similar but different shots um some of the psychedelics like the acid scene in Desperate Teenage Love Dolls feels a little bit like that but also there's like <laughs> like ominous knocking on the door and he opens it and then there's this like goofy puppet that's there that's supposed to be scary anyway he becomes convinced that he can fly and he kills himself so they get their revenge on that manager dude but um it's already happened like he's like calling up radio stations he's like yeah the LP should be done like by the end of next week tops which is hilarious because if you're making a movie like you're going to like elide is that the word you're gonna elide over time right you're not like why say it's gonna be done in an unrealistically short period of time when you could just be like now it's two months later and we finished our record you know or maybe because it's a punk record it's gonna be done soon but the, still the idea that they're gonna become huge rock stars like implies that there are like 
there's like a record pressing plant, right? Like they have to send stuff out and get it done and do like promotion and like all this shit, but they crunch the time frame. Maybe it's just a punk thing. Um, and they become rock stars. Um, but it's really not the sort of movie where like they can have them be on a big stage. And so the scenes where they're being rock stars are so good, dude. They're totally just like somebody's bedroom with like a sheet and some tin foil behind them. Like they, they, they don't try to scam a stage at all. It's just girls playing electric guitars in a bedroom. You know what I mean? It's like, it's fantastic. Those are the most fun scenes. It's actually, it's a lot like uh, Purple Rain in a sense, the movie Purple Rain, because the best parts are really when it's just like the band is playing music and like, they don't look cool the way that Prince and the Revolution look in Purple Rain. Like, they don't look, like, put together and astounding. They look cool like dirtbags, you know what I mean? Like, it's a different kind of cool. But it's still, it's like the it's like the Blair Witch paradigm, you know what I mean? There's, like, the parts in the daytime in the Blair Witch where it's not scary and you're a little bit, like, y'all are stupid. Not y'all are stupid, y'all are doing a bad job of, like, thinking intelligently about how to get out of this predicament. And then you have the night times that are super scary, right? Similarly, um, in Desperate Teenage Love Dolls, you have the parts where they're not playing music, where you're a little bit like, this is fine, this is goofy. But then you have the parts where they are playing music where you're like, this is fantastic. All I want to watch is like, teenage girls fucking destroy these very simplistic songs on electric guitars, you know? Um, so, yeah, you see like, it's <laughs> like, they like forged up some newspaper clips that says like desperate tears says like love dolls like sell a million copies of the record They're, it's just like totally that uh that old show don't tell trope is like inverted in this movie because they just tell you that they've become rock stars they're like now they're the most popular band in the world and like the radio people are flipping out about it um and so we get the message that they have ascended to, like, superstardom. Um, now people on the sidewalk are something. Just looking at my notes. Um, so then you get a scene where it's clearly the same people in pretty much the same clothes. It's Bunny and Kitty, and they're, like, they get the mail. They're, like, sitting on a bed together, and they get the mail, and she's like, oh, it's another $500,000 royalty check, which communicates that they're rich, right? And, like, the biggest band in the world. And then there's, like... Oh yeah, the scene where they kill the manager, there, it's like this like weird romantic like wine and candles on a little table in the woods scene where Kitty and Bunny go out and like have this like romantic time with that manager guy that they're gonna kill, except the table is like a kick drum turned on its side and then they totally dose him. And when they dose him, uh, you get this the fucking Jimi Hendrix cover. There's like an awesome cover of... Uh, uh, Stairway to Heaven at one point. So I think all the music in this band was done by Red Cross, which is like just like a kind of noisy punk band. Um, and they clearly do like kind of a noisy punk cover of Stairway to Heaven, but it's just the parts like dun 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 like that part that like it's pretty simple. It's three chords, and so they choose to do that part over and over again. Um, and then when they do some on acid, you also get the Red Cross cover of Purple Haze. Uh, the Jimi Hendrix song to signify psychedelics, which I think is a good move. Um, and he dies, and then there's like a, a run-in with the uh, the She Devils, 
who we don't like we don't get that much they're just kind of established as antagonists um but one of them has a gun and they wrestle on the ground and it's kind of unimpressive wrestling it's kind of like the uh the martial arts in um sleepaway camp part two where you're like this is more of like a signifier of struggle than like actual struggle um and Kitty or Bunny, whichever is the original one, manages to get the gun away from the she-devil who had a gun. And then, like, maybe she kills one of the she-devils, and then both of the other members of the love dolls get shot somehow. And so, um, she, like, leaves the, like, main one who we started with. Like, she leaves, and then it's like, they don't really signify that a lot of time has passed immediately, but you get this scene where that main girl is like, I feel like she's like drinking, maybe she has a 40 in a bag or something, she's like drinking, and um, she like sort of staggers to like, the like, the, the like, uh, what are those, like the flatbed train cars? Um, she like is just like drinking, on a train and she's like very much like performing like miserable fucked up drunk whatever um and this kid in like a, an orange robe with like most of his head shaved who is totally like he comes up and he's like hey like do you want to like buy a flower for krishna consciousness and she's like go away i don't want to be like a like krishna core kid and i feel like that's a thing that we don't talk about that much anymore i guess like there it was such a thing it was before my time the like krishna consciousness thing but like there's that husker do album that has the thing of like the Hare krishna song on it that represents like that as a possible avenue that like a fucked up teenager could take in their life and there's like um all those like hardcore bands that were like Krishna hardcore, like 108 and Shelter, um, that's sort of faded from, I don't know, conversations that I've been having anyway. Anyway, this kid, he's like, he looks like he's fucking like 13 or something. He's like, oh man, you used to be in Love Dolls, right? You were like my favorite band. I used to like tour around the world, like following you. And sort of when he's talking about, like, spending all his money on tickets to go see the Love Dolls as they tour around the world, that's when you get the fact that they were, like, big enough to be touring around the world because most of what we've seen in the movie is just, like, them in bedrooms and, like, filming, like, on the beach or, like, on the the boardwalk in Santa Monica. You know what I mean? It's, like... And so that's... That kid is kind of where we learn that this whole thing, although I guess it's, it becomes apparent, but this is like a rise and fall of the teenage love dolls, or the love dolls, kind of, um, that's the story we're telling, right? It's the rise and fall, and this is the fall, and it's a sad ending, you know what I mean? It's, uh, everything does not work out for the love dolls. <laughs> Alright, truck nuts and dickholes, that's it. Image and Benny on Twitter. This song is by People Watching, that other song was by Gorgon. Fuck capitalism and fuck your internalized colonizer mindset. See ya.